your boy dj barbecue on btc uncut live we have a special 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 guest the one the only heavy machinery of btc the jack black of btc jimmy schaefer jimmy how the heck are you Wow, I expected a toilet bowl joke here, but uh, okay. This is classy. How you doing? Doing good. Um, so there's a, probably a lot of BTC members that don't know you, but uh, you are pretty much world famous, suggested by Facebook because Facebook is world famous. For those that don't know you, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and tell them how you got into professional wrestling? You know, I I watched a lot of wrestling when I was younger, but if I really want to pinpoint the thing that made me watch it on a weekly basis, it would be Rey Mysterio defeating Kurt Angle and Randy Orton at WrestleMania 23, I believe. And would you say that you were more of a WWE guy? Did you watch any of the WCW? I I I didn't watch a lot of WCW. I mean, I wasn't around for the wars. I'm not going to lie. At 30 years old, most people would expect me to have been around for the wars and have seen it all. But really, I came into my time then. WCW was dead when I started watching wrestling. I was I was a I was a TNA Impact fan at some point. I used to love Ring of Honor. I mean, I have built myself as an indie guy in the past five, six years. And, yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. Actually, that's pretty interesting that you say that because a lot of individuals, like you were, like you just stated, a lot of them would expect you to know what WCW is. But that's actually a cool perspective of having somebody that I can interview and talk to. So what would you say really attracted you with TNA? Because you mentioned TNA after you were saying about WWE. The biggest thing that brought me to TNA, honestly, Motor City Machine Guns. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. What about Motors Machine, <laughs> Motor City Machine Guns? Sorry if I can speak. I kind of started there for a second. Uh, what about them really appealed to you? I don't know, man. It was just when I saw Chris Saban out there doing his thing, and, I mean, Alex Shelley was right there with him, but Chris Sabin, man, that guy, he did things that I didn't understand at that point. I mean, he's one of those guys, he's a high flyer, but also he hit hard. It was cool to me. And 
Right. That actually really factors in to my wrestling now. I mean, Chris Saban kind of morphed me into the wrestling fan I am now. It was more of a hybrid, high risk, um, go for broke uh, type of style. Anybody else in TNA that really uh, got your attention? I mean, there was AJ Styles. There was Samoa Joe. There was Christopher Daniels. I mean, there was guys who weren't working the WWE style. And, I mean, even back then, I realized I watched WWE, but I didn't love WWE. And those guys were over there doing something different. Right. So knowing that they, you know, they flourished in TNA, um, and, and knowing now, but not back then, but knowing now, they used to actually do jobber matches with WWE. It's amazing that, in my perspective of watching that, how they weren't even thought of or even wanted on the WWE roster. What is your feeling about that after you've seen the, I mean, there's a lot of risks. Um, sometimes they'd say that's a lot of no reward because of a lot of injuries, but seeing how well they did and how much they worked the audience, are you surprised that they weren't on the main roster earlier than what they already are now? No, I'm not because look at the Vince. Vince doesn't appreciate things like that. And I mean, AJ, I know this, I don't know much about WCW, but he was in WCW. Yes, he, he did happened. the jobber matches as well, too. Yeah. Actually, yeah. he was yeah, also he, jobber matches, but then he was in the, the later, towards the, the demise of WCW, right, right. when they were doing and the they, New Blood uh, gimmick. And they didn't renew his contract. No. And I mean, that right there, you could pinpoint that as, honestly, if you think about it, nowadays, compared to what we had then, what we had now, that shows you right there, Vince wasn't fully in touch with things because of what AJ Styles became. He couldn't even realize the potential for someone like that. Do you think that Vince has a, um, I mean, he has his own like characteristics, characteristics. Sorry. I can't speak today tonight. (laughs) Um, he has his own blueprint of what he wants as a WWE or back then the WWF superstar. Do you think sometimes that kind of holds WWE back? Um, oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, that now that you know you have NXT, and I, I don't think, and maybe you can answer this question, though, too. Um, do you think that they would be anywhere near the superstars that they have now if it wasn't for Triple H opening NXT in the uh, Performance Center? Absolutely not. I mean, there's already talk. There's been talk for a while, if we're going to talk NXT and Triple H, that Vince thinks he only wants Adam Cole on the main roster. Adam Cole's great. One of my favorites. Top three. But right now, he needs the Undisputed Era with him. because That's part of his character. And Vince doesn't think he needs the rest of them. Well, would you say because he wants just Adam Cole, do you think that? And and we're going to go with this this independent because they, he's, he was part of ring of honor. We'll get to that too. But do you think that it's just because of the appeal? Because every time that Adam Cole does go out, the whole stadium pops and says, Adam Cole, baby. baby. I mean, do you think that's the the main reason? I mean, other than don't, let's not like 
lessen the guy's, you know, ability and talent. But do you think that's the only reason why that he would want him on the main roster? Because well, yeah, he's not I mean, from that blueprint of big size athletes, heavyweights like he likes. He's a normal guy. He's like my size, but not chunky. I mean, like, he's just, Vince sees money in him. And he doesn't think he needs the rest of the Undisputed Era for it. Which he doesn't. I agree. Adam Cole flourished by himself. But it, right. it's unfair to the rest of the guys who are also carrying that gimmick with them. And I mean, Kyle O'Reilly's out there getting just as good responses from the crowds. I mean, right. Bobby Fish rides with Kyle O'Reilly. And I mean, Roderick, as much as I love Roddy, would not work without them on the main roster. I think I think Roddy's been getting kind of a bad rap because it's just more like the bookings. And I shouldn't really say the bad rap. You know, you, you said that you did TNA and you did Ring of Honor. You like the indies. Now, yes. Naming that, you basically have that whole TNA roster and that whole Ring of Honor roster, majority of it, on both brands. They're basically what makes up uh, WWE at this point. Uh, oh, yeah. There has been uh, a table of three where you had Cesaro, Nigel McGuinness, and Seth Rollins there, and they both admitted, all three of them, that you know if it wasn't for that blueprint structure that they had in Ring of Honor, they probably wouldn't have been able to make it. I mean, they, they, they said they could have made it, but it's just the dynamic and their their style was different, and I think it bettered them, they said. So do you think oh, yeah. that that actually worked out for the best of them? I mean, yeah, people will say after they listen to this, oh, well, you know, of course it you know bettered them. But a, a perspective from a fan – what do you think? Do you think that it was better for them to stay down there that long, or do you think that they should have tried to push the issue to get up there um, talent-wise and take more risks? Oh, well, I mean, I think it gave them a stronger respect for the business, and as a result of that respect, when they finally made it up there, they could do their thing better, in my opinion. Cesaro is one who hasn't, in my opinion, changed very much in the game. But Seth, on the other hand, as much respect as he has, he has changed. You know, and, and it, I would I would say that he's changed for the worse only because I've seen his matches as Tyler Black. I've seen Cesaro as Cla- Claudio. I've seen, yeah. you know, Nigel McGuinness. And, and, you know, that's uh, for another day, another uh, interview – that that is a you know, I mean he's made the best of of a bad situation. That guy was talented beyond talent. I wish people would go back, and I encourage people to go back and watch his matches on YouTube. It just those those athletes, even with you know TNA, the original part of TNA, um, they they did they weren't uh, micromanaged, and I think that's the downfall. I think if they were less micromanaged, way less micromanaged. I think they would do a lot better and people, fans would be a lot more um, glued to the TV and glued to the seats to come to the arenas. Do you think that same way if they would loosen up the the leashes and just let the athletes do? I mean, yeah, you got to be worried about, you know, injuries and stuff. But I mean, do you think that that would be better for WWE? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're holding their top talent back or what should be their top talent back. Guys like Finn Balor, 
guys like Nakamura, guys like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. I mean, guys who've done things. They've they've set their they've they've put their footprint on WWE. But I mean, they could be way higher than that because they're held back. I mean, if you watch old El Generico matches, old Kevin Steen matches. I mean, yeah, their matches are great in WWE, but <laughs> they're better than what they're doing. Right. I mean, you you do you know you do want your athletes, your superstars, um, to have longevity. I the one thing though that I, I loved about um, Cesaro, he's a throwback to the old school British style, um, the English style, and it was it, it was rugged, it was raw. And it was a lot better matches. I mean, he does some hits, makes some moves that look unbelievable. Um, if you go back to uh, NXT towards the beginning of NXT, and I'm not talking about NXT that we know of now and what was on or is on the network. It was when it was on Hulu. And they had <laughs> that Arrival pay-per-view that they first did. And Cesaro and Sami Zayn tore the house down. That was... Literally, probably a five-star match that I would say, in my eyes, that could still hold up for this these past six years since that. Do you think Absolutely. that? Yeah. Do you think that that could hold up still to this? And maybe it's not five or six, but do you think that that match would hold up? Personally, I think that's one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. So yes. <laughs> I mean, just the, just the fact that. You know, you have Sami Zayn going through the side ropes, the mid rope, going over, doing a reverse, like kind of sideways DDT on Cesaro. The fact that Cesaro did this kind of, it was almost like he was, you know, how you would walk with your hands if you were upside down, but he was doing that to push Sami Zayn up in the air and just gave him the old bloody forearm in the air and just, it looked like you knocked him cold. Oh yeah. I mean that's that's why I love that's why I love NXT. A lot of those guys down there, they they push up these like first time ever, first time matches, blah blah blah. But like they're not really first time matches. These guys know each other. Right. They've known each other for years. They can do crazy stuff like that, and there's no fear. From either one. Do you think because though, with good. with what we were talking about the micromanage, do you think that that was maybe? And I had this like conversation with another individual in BTC, and he, he makes a valid point, and I want to know what your opinion on this is. Do you think that that's the reason why Kenta got injured so many times, Hideo Tommy, I mean, because he was so micromanaged, he he thought too much and had to think. Because if you know, you see him recently. He's doing a lot more moves in New mm -hmm. Japan right now, and, and and we're we're gonna stay on the whole independent because those are kind of the the pros of the independent league right now. But do you think that that's true? Do you think that that kind of causes more injuries for the athletes that they have today? I mean, not only does it cause more injuries for the people they're facing, but it causes them to have more. Accidents, honestly. I mean, look at Seth. Seth never injured people on the indies, and he's injured what, like four guys on the main roster now. Right, like, especially one oh, Hall of yeah. Famer. Yeah, I mean, he's injured Cena. He's injured Sting, and there's 
fifteen more guys than I'm forgetting right now, probably. But like, even they've come out and said, "Yeah, it happened. He didn't do it, but like, he did do it." I, mean, I, I do want to say one thing about that on on a point. I don't think that he should have ever been doing that that turnbuckle powerbomb move, where he flips <laughs> over and grabs because that's so much, um, so much shock for a knee to absorb. And mm-hmm. for that, I, I just, I felt bad for him. And I'm glad he's, he's, you know, back and it doesn't seem like anything's um, affecting him. But I think you're right on okay. that point. Definitely, you know, you, you make these individuals think too much and then that's when accidents happen. Like if you watch old Seth matches, I actually have the, uh, the rise of the fall of Tyler Black. And it's just a bunch of Seth. That is, that is a good documentary. For professional wrestling fans. It's a great DVD. And I mean, you can watch it there. Like Seth is good at thinking on the fly. They plan their stuff out, but he's good at going on the fly about it. And he didn't hurt people. Right. Never heard about anyone complaining. Oh man, Colby Lopez hurt me. Tyler Black hurt me. You know, like no, but he comes to WWE and he's hurting people. And they're all like, Oh, I hurt myself. I hurt myself. Like he never really, uh, if you remember FC, uh, yeah, FCW. That was before they switched NXT, made the Performance mm-hmm. Center. I don't, it, it, you know, I could be wrong, and maybe you know, but I don't think he ever injured anybody down there either. No, he didn't. I mean, he had nothing but great matches down there. Um, speaking of uh, great things, I do have to take a little time out to recognize the sponsors. Uh, Midwest All Pro Wrestling is an independent pro wrestling promotion in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, it's owned by uh, Mr. Eugene, former WWE superstar, pro wrestling superstar. And also, thank you to the sponsors of White Claw. Because remember, there ain't no <laughs> laws when you're drinking the claws. Now, do you think that when you see these independent wrestlers, do you think a lot of people don't give them a fair shake, though? Do you think a lot of people are too judgmental because they're stuck on seeing the, you know, the... the last 20 years or so it's been just nothing but the same stuff spoon fed of WWE over and over again. Do you think these guys get undersold and don't get enough credit? <laughs> well, as an orange Cassidy fan, absolutely. <laughs> that guy gets no respect, even though he's honestly one of the best in the business. So yeah. Well, see, I, and here's the thing, you know, you know, and I know as well, You'll have individuals listening to this podcast uh, style web webcast, uh, you know, just just basically uncut is what I like to do raw and in your face. You'll have people sit there and go and criticize. Well, you know, he's he's not that good. He doesn't do anything. Stop and watch the matches like he actually can wrestle. It's a gimmick. He feeds off. It's no different than. You know, you have two phenomenal superstars standing in the middle of the ring looking side to, bes- to side at the fans to get the fans just to erupt. Oh, yeah. I mean, Orange Cassidy has come out and said he can do these moves that everybody's hitting, but he knows he'll never be the best guy at doing them. So he said, fuck it. Oh, sorry. Language. Um, he put a dollar in the jar and we'll call it good. <laughs> putting it in right now. There you go. He, uh, he said blatantly 
that he's just he figured why not have fun with it. That's what wrestling's about is having fun. If you're so busy judging it, why are you still watching? You know, Honestly. with Orange Cassidy, he did a David Starr match. Um, oh, and they went back to forth, and the damn dude, I don't know what the move is called, but David Starr jacked him right in the face, and he just started bleeding like a stuck pig. And the the, oh, yeah. the moves that he can do, Orange Cassidy can do, freshly squeezed, um, yes. it, it's, it's, he's up there with a Chris Saban. You know, he's up there with a, you know, um, a Cedric... Um, you know, those type of athletes. Is there anybody well, else that catches your eye that you've seen recently that's basically independent? Uh, David Starr. Yes. Him. I mean, uh, that, that's, a, that's, yep. You're yeah. right. Um, I'm actually a big fan of uh, uh, Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams. Right. Big fan of his. Actually, He's that's a good, the good person to bring up. Go into a little more detail about him that for those that don't know who he is. I mean, he he's another one of those big guys. There's so many big guys now, like that just hit these moves like they're on two oh five live basically, but they're not. I mean, it's that's the fun of the indies now. There's so many big guys that just can hit these moves that are mind blowing, like Hanson. And we're not even using him. <laughs> Right, Ivar, Eric, I don't remember which one he is. I mean, well, I mean, if you're talking about really big guys that do like a kind of a two hundred five thing, I mean, look at Brian Cage, you know, the oh, machine. Yeah. I mean, the 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 build on this dude is huge, but he's doing moves that luchadors can do, two hundred five cruiserweights can do. Yeah. Um, it it's amazing. Yeah. Is there any? Uh, moves or matches that you remember of Cage that, you know, even in Lucha Underground that you could uh, talk about that really caught your eye? I mean, Cage versus Morrison, that whole feud in general, doesn't matter where it is because it's been all over the Indies. It's been on Impact. It's, it was in Lucha Underground. Like, those two tear the house down. What would you? What, what match do you think was better, the match between Cage and Impact, or the match be, between Cage and Mundo? And just to clarify for the fans that are in the viewers and the listeners, um, that's still uh, Mr. Johnny, but he just has two different last names and different companies at that point. So it'll be Johnny AEW. I'm sure of it. Right. But, uh, honestly, Lucha Underground. They yeah. they just have so much create, creative freedom there. They can do whatever they want, basically, just don't hurt each other. That, that That's, a, that's a dynamic I didn't think that, and I don't understand why uh didn't catch on a little bit more. I mean, you can watch the all four seasons on Tubi uh, on that app, but the, the dynamic of that, it was kind of like more of a – it was a story – but what appealed about uh, Lucha Underground, since we're still keeping with the independent like big leagues here, what really attracted you to Lucha Underground? Jack Evans. That's, that seems like the uh, the consistent answer. Well, what 
about mm-hmm. Jack Evans appeals to you? I, I'm, he's one of those guys I really I can't put my finger on it. Like I can't tell you why I love Jack Evans. Just when I watch his matches, I'm into them. I enjoy them. That's why I told you the other day, and I stand by it, my favorite match of All Out was Jack Evans and Angelico versus Private Party. I mean, it was just a great match. He puts on a show. He's a great heel. He can go in the ring. And, I mean, another thing is he's an older guy, too. He's not young. He's not a young buck. I mean, for lack of a better word there, he can still go, though. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that he's been in the business. Like, I think that's what a lot of a lot of the uh, detractors, a lot of the naysayers uh, go by because they don't know who they are. So they just think, oh, mm-hmm. they, these guys haven't been in the business whatsoever. And that, I think that's that's kind of what's the problem these days. Do you feel the yeah. same way that there there's too much negativity just because people don't take the time to? watch old videos or do you think it's just people you know kind of just you know staying with what they what they know no 100 percent. i mean when it comes to stuff like this and the the current age you have so much freedom to watch whatever you want but you don't want to search it out honestly like that's why a lot of the guys in AEW are going to have a problem getting over is because no one wants to search out those old videos of them. Like, they're not even old. They're from, like, last year or earlier this year, you know? But... See, this brings up a good question. I remember, and and I know this isn't this isn't part of the question, but it, 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 I'll get to that. This is part of it. <laughs> I remember when you would have new talent appear um, and people were excited. Now, you have new talent appear and people kind of detract that. Is that something that you've kind of noticed from when you started watching uh, professional wrestling to now? Or is that just something that, you know, it's just kind of the norm now that, you know, maybe people are just over-exaggerating that point? What do you think? Well, the problem now with new talent appearing is everyone's afraid. Well, what are they going to do with them? What's going to happen next with them? I can't, you can't trust them putting new talent on TV, no matter which brand, because it really doesn't matter. But honestly, I'm speaking mostly about WWE here, so judge me. But uh, you just, you're afraid of that new talent. You can add him on Facebook at Jimmy Schaefer. That's J-I-M-M-Y-S-H-A-F-E-R. Okay. So now that I said that, and they can at you at Facebook at J I M M Y S H A F E R, and like they're really gonna know what your picture looks like. But anyway, uh, so we've we talked about all these different athletes, all these different promotions. What is your top five athletes that you can say that you remember out of TNA? Number one, AJ Styles. Number one is AJ Styles. Number two would have to be Samoa Joe, followed by Christopher Daniels. And if I could put, if I could put two together, and number four, it's the Motor City Machine Guns, and number three, once again, two together is Beer Money. I think that that that's a, you have a good point there because of 
the fact that Mortar City Machine Guns and Beer Money have done separate title things. But yeah, you can put those in there because they were de- definitive. It. Um, what about? I mean, back in that day, that tag team division was amazing. Actually, I yeah, mean, I was just going to get to that. Do you feel that the tag team division of TNA back in the day when it was like hitting full burners, like fifth gear, sixth gear, do you think that that could hold up to the top tag teams? Which, you know, there's very little tag teams, but those are the tag teams that they do have in WWE. Do you think those would hold up and maybe dominate those ones in WWE? Or do you think it's more of an even draw? Uh, Booking-wise, the tag teams of TNA could absolutely destroy the tag team division in WWE right now. They were a thousand times better. They actually looked strong. The tag team division we have now is basically just lackeys to top single stars. I mean, it's pathetic. There's no love for the tag division anymore there. I would have to agree on that to the point that it just seems like they were running on different cylinders um, in TNA at that beginning. I mean, that was your, your old school tag team. Everybody, you know, you could tell that they were a tag team. It wasn't just randomly putting, you know two singles competitors together consistently all the time on, you know, different months, different times of the year. Um, so then on kind of the same thing, by the way, right. You know, that's the thing though. A lot of those tag teams, if you want to consider with AEW, those tag teams have been doing that way before any of those tag teams being put together in NXT. That's the thing. You have to go to YouTube and do the research on it. Now that you have their top of TNA, what's your top uh, five athletes? Um, and I like to call them athletes and superstars, but top five out of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor? Um, number one, this is crazy. Uh, not really. Adam Cole, for sure. Yeah, he was, he was up my there. Favorite Ring of, Honor, Ring of Honor guy ever. Number two. Is the I believe three time, maybe two time champion Austin Aries. As much as I hate the guy, the douche. There's another swear jar one. Uh, the Briscoes, number three. Yeah, you know um, Tommaso Ciampa. Right. And of course, number five would have to be long way back. CM Punk. Right. Now, <laughs> do you do you add in or do you not add in on either your TNA or your Ring of Honor? Where do you think Mr. Machismo Jay Lethal goes? Or do you think just Jay Lethal because you had two different characters. You had Machismo Jay Lethal and then Jay Lethal yeah. the franchise. Which one do you think that you would you would put in? Would you would swap with what athlete? I mean, honestly, I much prefer TNA Jay Lethal, just because the Ring of Honor Jay Lethal we're seeing now, he's pretty much the John Cena. He's shoved down our throats. Anytime they need someone to take the title, he does it. It's boring now. I like him as an athlete. He's very talented. But 
he's shoved down our throats at Ring of Honor now. Do you so, think that's because of their rebuilding process that they're doing right now, or is that just um, basically he's hit his pinnacle? Well, I think it is a rebuilding thing because, honestly, they've relied on other people's stars for so long. They still do it. I mean, they're top guys. I'd say probably their top ten people, at least six of them are from other promotions and have been built somewhere else. They haven't, they haven't done that. They're, they're not good at building new stars now. They did it for so long. They used to be the feeding ground for the indies to somewhere else, and now they are not. They well, their are, legendary booker for Ring of Honor is actually the head, one of the head execs, or if the head exec, of Evolve right at this point. So that's kind of a, a shot in their team. gut right there. Yeah. Um. Well, but I mean, yeah. with that all being said, let's uh, kind of twist the spectrum here to end the show. Ask you certain names or, uh, yeah, I'll ask you, sir. I'll, I'll tell you certain names. The first thing that pops to mind, you just go ahead okay. and uh, tell me that. Uh, Adam Cole. Uh, New Japan, actually. Ring of Honor, New Japan. Um, oh. Kofi Kingston. SOS. <laughs> How Save about that man too. Nigel McGuinness? <laughs> Ring of Honor, actually. Jay Lethal. Yeah, Kazarian. Honestly, the addiction. Where I go with that? That's a good one. That's a good one. Colt Cabana. Oh man, I actually have his podcast T-shirt in my closet right now. It's his podcast, The Art of Wrestling. I immediately go to that, or his match with Orton Cassidy, where Cassidy wrestled with a beer in his hand the whole time. Great stuff. Cody Rhodes. Throne breaker. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. I immediately go to the ladder match, just like most wrestling fans would, I feel like. And the last one. Kevin Owens. Fuck that. Fight scene fight. Right? Great guy. I fucking love that guy. Yeah. That, that's thirty-two dollars in the swear jar, by the way. But yes, Kevin Steen, fight yeah, yeah. Steen's fight. I've, I've met the guy multiple times. He's such a nice guy, and he's he's a fan just like the rest of us. That's why he's so good at heel or face. It doesn't matter. He's well, he well, loves the business. Let me tell this story uh, since I that I had this reason of ending with him. Um, we have a, <laughs> uh, a little kid that has cancer. Uh, in South Dakota yeah. in Sioux Falls, and his father was one of the founding fathers of this um, Comic Con. Very, very good Comic Con, well put together. And their their uh, event is the 27th through the 29th of September, and they call it nice. SuperCon, the Wrath of the Con. Um, he had to, the dad had to back out and uh, resign from his position because his son. Uh, has cancer and he's been the kids a fighter the kids a, a huge fighter he's also a professional wrestling fan 
So after all the treatments and all the fighting that he's done, fast forward to SmackDown in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. Kevin Owens got to uh, meet that little guy. And the little guy went backstage. Um, He was invited by a very special individual, mutual friend of his father's and I, uh, helped him go backstage. And later that evening, there was a tweet sent out from Kevin Owens. And the tweet will show you, if you read that tweet, the character of that individual is basically over, just just hits a home run. He has a heart of gold. To, and I'm not going to read that. Uh, you guys can go find Kevin uh, Owens on Twitter um, and look for you yourself. But the, the fact that he replied um, right away to the dad and the comments, uh, the way he phrased it and everything, you can tell that he's a good dude. And I, I have mad respect for him. A lot of respect for that individual. And I have a lot of respect for all those uh, professional athletes, professional wrestlers. Um, they put a lot of their bodies, their minds, their heart and souls into the craft. And, you know, they sacrifice a lot. But the fact that he did that for him, uh, I just want to say, uh, Zach, Zach, fight, Zach, fight, Zach. Um, well, <laughs> I tell you what, it's been awesome to have you on the show. I think this is a great perspective of what independent wrestling, the the top tier you know, pros of the independent wrestling from TNA to Ring of Honor uh, to New Japan to NXT is in that category, but we'll see what happens with them coming up here soon. And I thank you, Jimmy, for coming to the show, uh, answering all the questions. My name is DJ Barbecue, and I hope everybody have a good night. Shoot, 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 shoot